0: to a show
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I've been saying the podcast lately just because I'm lazy, but it's off the mass podcast. I you know, you guys know that you're here. So, I don't know why I have to say the title. So anyhow, Uh, This week's guest is going to be um, I've been doing quite a few new guests And I try to mix in some previous guests I've been trying to get a little squirrely here But this week we're going to introduce To the podcast Instagram memer And Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner Patrick, also known as BJJ Meme God on Instagram If you are following Which if you're not following, you're missing out So do yourself a favor, go check it out So Patrick, what's up man? How you feeling? Welcome to the show
0: Oh man, how's it going, man? It's going good. Uh thank you for having me. Uh it's great to be here.
1: Uh, no, I'll you know, thank you for giving your time. And just for people to kind of know, a little backstory here on this recording is I fucked up. We were supposed to record this before. I dropped the ball. So thank you to you, Patrick, for like, hey, so I think we missed our date. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, I got you double booked with someone else. So, and then that there's someone else actually. I messaged him. I'm sitting there at the computer waiting to record. I was like, there. I was like, hey, so are we going to record? I was like, hey, so I'm at the pumpkin patch. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, all right. Well, oh, it's, all, it's all here. good.
0: It's all good. Uh, I'm more than happy to do this. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I, was, I look forward to it.
1: So, no time on that to get it rescheduled. Good, good. And um, just kind of jumping right into it. Uh well actually I mean we got a bit here because I mean again you are a grappler, but a lot of times when it comes to Instagram and and the various accounts that we encounter on Instagram when it comes to memes, um I always like to highlight that first. Because it's like we all know most of us are grapplers. But so it's like when it comes to the memes, I always want to know like you know, when you even started it, you know, you know, what kind of what was the, the startup for you? Like, how did it come about?
0: Uh, so when I was, when I started jujitsu back in uh, 2018, uh, I came from a striking background since I was like, like very little. So uh, I got put into like karate, uh, like all in that direction. And eventually around that time, when I started growing up, I started doing Muay Thai. But uh, when I started doing that, uh, someone introduced me to do MMA and I was like, let me try it. But I would get taken down like all the time. So I started doing jujitsu just to get, you know, in the flow of things. And then when I started get clo- getting close to the first gyms group that I used to train with, I would be dropping like random memes about like, you know, pictures we take, little videos we had of each other, like training with each other. And like, I would drop it in the group chat. And then one of my coaches at the time was saying, you should make a meme page. And I just kind of, I just kind of was like, nah, man, that's too much effort, man. I'm not very uh, social media savvy. So I don't really like to have like Facebook, Twitter. I think it's all kind of like... Toxic to see like all those posts and it kind of makes me cringe. So I was, I kind of stayed away from it for a while and I had a very like small Instagram following, like 20 people. So not a lot. So, um, so eventually it boiled down to like a few years passing and I started dropping more memes at a new gym I started training at. And then someone kept really pressing me to do it. And eventually I started one and people don't know, but it it wasn't even BJJ Meme God. It was uh, a meme page. I just called it like Pikachu or something like that. And then uh, someone actually, uh, Mason Fowler, uh, I chatted with him a few times when I first started the meme page. And my first few memes were, most of them were all Mason Fowler. And I think people don't really know that because it was so early on. Uh, Eventually, I think about six months, he was like, you should probably change your name to BJJ Meme God. Because it'd be more related to grappling and all the jiu jitsu related memes that people would be looking for. So I was like, let me change it to that. And then from there, you know, I'd be making you know highlight videos uh, of like Tom DeBlass, Mason Fowler, you know, all these high level grapplers. And anyone who asked me to make a highlight video, I would just you know cut and uh, copy a lot of the footage I get from Flow Grappling YouTube, put some really sick music to it, and then you know the sizable following just started growing and growing. And this is what it is today. And um, I appreciate everyone that follows me. Um, I'm not really making fun of like anyone. I'm, I don't think people really notice that. But but uh, I usually make fun of myself with most of the memes I make because everything I post is what I do. So, <laughs> again, I, it's kind of like a nod to myself because I try to make fun of myself because I try not to take, take myself too seriously when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Because uh, I want to enjoy the sport, you know, and, uh, you know, enjoy the journey without, you know, disliking any aspect of it.
1: i I hear you on that i always think i think it's important what you said there is like you know when you're making the memes you're kind of poking fun at yourself I, i oftentimes wonder when people see memes that are doing that if they even if they even get the joke to it because i know i i you know i'll post a meme i'm a blue belt and I post a lot of like fucked up things about blue belts <laughs> and you know, then I get attacked for it. It's like, dude, relax. I'm, I'm the dummy that's being referred to in that meme. Like, trust me.
0: I'm not yeah. making fun at anyone.
1: I, I get some of those
0: people that get very angry and they're like, Hey, like if I make fun of like, if I make a meme about purple belt skipping uh like warmups, they would, I get a few messages every now and then be like, Hey, I never skip warmups and I'm a purple belt. And I'm like, I'm just kidding man like it's just yeah. a joke <laughs> so you know you can't you know there's there are some outliers with that but uh, for the most part it's a lot of like I just try to make people laugh with the daily memes and I try to drop one every day um, because my job uh, isn't that demanding I just got to make sure all my projects are done at work and then um, I usually try to find one during the day edit it out add music to it just make people funny like make you know either make fun of myself or someone else but you know for the most part it's always in uh, good taste.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I've seen your page around for a while and, you know, I'd seen it, it's like I am i was kind of in the background following like I, I'd see it like, you know, when you go to a page and I'll say, you know, other people you may know and then I'll see like someone repost something and tag you in then I'm like, OK, let me go check this out. Right, right. I'm looking it's like, all right, cool. I'm always weird about following someone because I'm like. You know, if, if at first I don't see you're following me, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe they don't like me. It's like, well, dude, they probably don't know you. Like, oh, yeah, so go ahead, follow. Like, then when I followed you, it was like, oh, he followed me back. Okay, cool. And then when you messaged me, um, I previously had um Tracy on here,
0: from, yeah, I think um, it was in uh, Illinois, yeah, Tracy and uh, James. So, um, I talked to them yeah. occasionally and uh, definitely, uh. Uh, my prayers are with Tracy right now because uh, she had like uh, she had surgery on her knee after an injury. So mm-hmm. uh, I know she's had uh, some complications with that and uh, she's definitely staying off social media. But I uh, definitely want to send my positive vibes and prayers for her recovery to come through out pretty well. So
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I went to send her a message the other day and I was like, hey, I just talked to her. Where is she? And I was like, OK, I'm just kind of taking taking that time off. Um, understandable. But, you know, I had spoken to her and she had brought up James and then she brought up you. And I was like, OK, you know, cool. You know, kind of circling through looking I was like, OK, well, look, I, I follow him. So. All right, let's see. And I think you actually reached out to me first.
0: Yeah, because then- uh, Ch-
1: Chasey was like, he's a great guy.
0: You know, you'll enjoy the podcast if you're on it. And I was like, yeah, let me let me give it a shot, because there are a few topics I wanted to discuss that uh, were um, I don't think it's very it's very it's a very touchy subject with the jiu-jitsu community and it's coming to the light a little bit but i feel like it's kind of being swept under the rug by a lot of like high profile names along with um you know people that are trying to like not really pay attention to it because it is sensitive but i feel like it does need to be addressed so it's kind of like what i wanted to kind of discuss a little bit at some point just to make sure it's like out there and just bring some you know more awareness to it because you know it's it may be touchy but you know it has to be talked about so
1: well, and that's the thing too. Touchy subjects. It's just that it's like everyone. It's like it's like you know the family, you know secrets. It's like we all sit at the table. We know it, but no one wants to address it. Yeah, you know, address then, the elephant like, in the room. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you know, I get you. Oh, but yeah. When when you reached out to me, it was like, okay, cool. Like you know, let's get the ball rolling. So, and here we are. Um, you know, rock and rolling as is. So let's just jump right in, into, you know, the thick of it then, and just get out on the table. So that way, um, you know, it's not something that we dance around. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and then just kind of like get to the end is like, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap up. You're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like,
0: it kind of comes out move. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like five minutes. Of, you don't want to make it like a 10 minute segment, but uh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. That'd be a good idea. So,
1: i'm gonna go ahead and open up the floor to you and uh like i said let's just jump right in
0: all right appreciate it um so <clears throat> i'm just gonna rip the band-aid off uh so uh now that like jujitsu is kind of becoming or it is becoming uh more of a wide you know mainstream you know viewed sport uh a lot of things like other sports it's kind of coming into light like uh with uh, the topic i want to kind of discuss was like pretty much like uh sexual assault and sexual abuse in the Mm -hmm. uh, jiu-jitsu community a lot of people i know and i've kind of come to terms with uh like my own journey with it but uh it's you know like being being, you know being a survivor of like you know sexual assault and sexual abuse as a child you know being super young and uh you know being able being able to come through that and like you know dealing with my own like uh post-traumatic stress disorders along with like you know all the traumas that it you know entails with it uh i definitely want to see i definitely see a lot of like concerning posts and articles that say like oh this person did that that person did this and you know this person was a victim of that and, and this is how old she was but you know i see a lot of like female athletes just coming you know just coming out you know bringing it out into the light dragging it out i feel like that's very important and you know really exposing these people that do it and i know that there's actually a page with that's i believe it's like a very small following i forget the handle but they were saying it was something about, like, the, they list, like, every scumbag in the Jiu-Jitsu community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they list them out, like, with pictures, with names and what they did. And I feel like that's just starting out. But that's very important because you, like, even that doesn't matter about, you know, what rank you are, if, whether you're a brown belt, black belt, or, like, you're, like, a master sensei at, like, a... At an academy, like if you do it, if you do that crime, it's inexcusable and you shouldn't be protected just because you are a black belt or a teacher. You should be exposed and honestly prosecuted for that. So I think that being able to do that, I know that uh, jujitsu is very, can be very healing. Uh, When I first started jujitsu after dealing with, you know, that sexual abuse and sexual assaults and all that, you know, from like, you know, close family members along with, you know, my own relative. Uh, it was uh, very hard for me to overcome. And I had, I dealt with years of like not being able to be touched by other people, uh, by my own family, my parents, uh, even being hugged, very, it kind of like irritated me. So I kind of went down like the wrong path during times, at, like during high school, during, you know, during my college years. Uh, and then, you know, I had so much anger built up. And then when I started, being you know when i started being guided towards jiu jitsu by like my striking coaches they would say you know if you want to be well rounded for mma if you want to do this you need to start doing jiu jitsu grappling get get the flow of things and you know you know be well rounded in that aspect so when i first started it a lot of people noticed right away that i was very tense and um i would almost like panic i would have like a lot of panic attacks during you know classes open mat and my eyes would get bug-eyed and i'd kind of freak out at some points so i definitely uh, had a long journey with that, overcoming it, but jiu definitely made me more comfortable with being around people, being, you know, like having my arms touched, you know, having, you know, someone have my, take my back and I wouldn't be like panicking like I did before. So I feel like that's definitely what jiu has done for me. But the fact that, you know, I see people that are still getting away with it and, you know, no one really brings it up anymore. And it's just, I just feel like I understand what the survivors like kind of understood and being like, you uh, being being uh, like a male that uh, you know kind of does that you know I've been w- surrounded by friend groups that kind of like joke up at that about the fact but you know I know you know even my close friends don't know what I've been through so with in terms of all that so I try to kind of joke with them but at the same time it's kind of like I felt so embarrassed for years because I feel like I, I took like you know my pride you know I had like my you know all my like my security taken away from me you know cuz i was so i was i was violated so much with that and um you know being uh being a child of like you know foster care and all that eventually being put out of like you know from my biological parents to foster care it was you know one it was kind of like the saying it's like you know one out of one fire into the ne- into the next so yeah. um my foster care parents were also as uh mentally and physically abusive as um by, like, you know, they weren't as, you know, as like my original parents were, but, you know, it was so different being placed into a new environment and the fact that, you know, I had an older sibling that did commit, you know, a lot of the, you know, sexual abuse onto me. So, uh, being with them, being around them for years, it definitely didn't make any better seeing them every day, being around them. And I try to distance myself from them, but, uh, by new, my foster parents were super religious. So, And I really, I was just a child. So like, I didn't really know anything about like religion or anything, but I didn't want to go wake up early on Sundays or do anything. So, or like, you know, want to do Bible study. So I got punished a lot. So uh, people always ask me, you know, when I grapple with them, they're like, oh, you're, you have a lot of static strength, you know, like, you know, you're not that big, but like your strength feels, you know, more than it should. I really have to attribute all that to uh, my foster dads like punishments every time I would mess up or like, you know, take the Lord's name in vain kind of things like that. So he would have like, um, this is when I was like eight or nine. So every time I mess up, he would have like a pile of like these cinder blocks out in the, out in the backyard. And we had a huge backyard at the time. So he was like, I want you to take Harry one, one at a time from one end of the yard to the other, drop it there come back do do it over and over and then you would i would basically make one pile take that entire pile to the over the the other side of the yard and then do that consistently over and over until he said i could stop so i think that's so it's silver lining i feel like that's where i think uh most of my static strength along with my grip strength came out from was just from that uh doing that for like years so i mean there's some positive note to that but eventually getting out of that environment i feel like uh it did a lot of damage on my psyche along with like my own confidence, but you know, being able to, uh, go to college, attend that, it was definitely enjoyable for me to escape from my biological parents, along with my foster parents for like four years. But, uh, that in itself had its own, you know, can of worms that I dealt with. So that, uh, that, that I feel like if I didn't have to experience what I experienced in college, I feel like that would have been a lot better, but, um, uh, I did. So <laughs> it's, uh, in my short amount of, and in my short life that I've lived so far, I feel like uh, I've experienced so much and I've witnessed so much like pain, you know, like physical pain, mental trauma. Like I feel like that's, that's why I feel like now I'm able to heal now because I'm older, I'm a, more mature and I'm able to kind of process things now that I have the time and uh, the effort to really focus on those things. Because before I would like condense it and kind of like pack it away into my head. And now that it's hitting me, it's hard for me to like, you know, establish those emotional connections along with those friendships. And uh, I would shut down, you know, I I was really bad at shutting down and ignoring friends for years um, or if not months uh, at a time. And even though they reach out, I would always have that paranoia that they wanted to hurt me, you know, want to use me for something. And uh, I feel like that at that point, I really had to unpack all that and process it to kind of like begin that healing process. So it's kind of like, the direction I was kind of going with that, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So,
1: no, no I, I, I get you. Um, and that's, you know, in, in the spectrum of everything that, you know, we see in this community, the, all the positive that comes from it. And then, you know, there is that underbelly and then for you as a male, you know, to come out, you know, especially in are you know, vocal about it. You know, I think that's important too. So w- when you were um growing up, you know, in foster care, you said you uh went to a couple of different families. Uh, in uh foster just, care. Or uh, just, just the one just, family.
0: Uh just the one family.
1: Ah, okay. All right. Um, and how long like so with the foster family did you how long were you with that family? like or did you get adopted out or did you, you know, spend your, you know, entire time there until uh, you know, adult adult or uh, college age
0: uh, I was I was there around until like 16 17 so uh, it was like right before I went to college so it was a good chunk of time that I spent there
1: okay uh, I, I was also in foster care uh, growing up and I remember my grandparents eventually adopted me and I remember meeting someone I, I want to say probably right after high school it was a you know Uh, i guess she was a couple years older than me and she she knew a few uh, kids that were in foster care as well and you know my experience was always you know relatively positive you know any negativity came from me being you know just a a a kid that was acting out um you know foster parents just kind of go stand in the corner or you know go get a switch you know you get like a, a weapon um but my friend had made a comment about you know foster kids being kind of trouble kids and and you know being in foster care was always you know at least from her perspective kind of a a negative thing um and, and you know which from my perspective was like that doesn't make any sense i you know, I was ignorant to everything. You know, you know, because again, turn a blind eye. It's like my experience was positive, so I always just assume no. Everybody's experience is positive. You go to a, a nice family, and then you get adopted out. No, no, it's good. It's good. Um, but you know, hearing, uh, you know, especially, um, you know, your your story too. You know, you you also see other tales of just families that you know, taking kids and, and use them as like sweatshop workers, you know, I, you know, that's kind of extreme, but, you know, you know, there are the tales out there of that. When you, you know, got to about 16 or 17, um, you know, how did that all kind of come about with you leaving the family and kind of going out on your own or, or the next step actually?
0: It was kind of quite a shock. Uh, when I went to that next step, it was, um, it was kind of being, brought back to my old family that I uh, like, you know, my biological parents, and then right as I, I got back there, they're like, Alright, well, you're going to college now. So they kind of gave me an ultimatum. So it was kind of like awkward. And it was it was a very hard conversation. But it was pretty much you're going to college, or you're getting out of the house, you're, you know, basically essentially kicked out. So it was like, Okay, well, I guess I'm going to uh, continue my education for another four or something years. So I was like, Alright, I'll do college and uh, i went there you know i went to this college in virginia it was decent for what it was Um, i wasn't too crazy about it but getting out on my own meeting new people it was very new for me because there more people were accepting compared to like high school since uh more in high school you know since i was like you know i'm not gonna sugarcoat it you know i was bullied for being you know once people found out i was in foster care uh, I wasn't like the most popular guy. I was pretty weird, um, you know. I I was I was a metalhead, so like you know, obviously I'm not going to be the most vibrant person. So I would be picked on a lot. So I I went from people being you know singling me out, putting me as an outcast, to like having open-minded people show up. So it was definitely a new world for me to explore, uh, make uh, establish those new connections, make new new relationships, and uh, kind of just learn college. But uh, one year in. Uh, my mom was like, "We're not paying for your college anymore because um, there's no money." So I was it kind of like sh- shocked me because, you know, I don't there's my um, my mom was saying like she's like, "Okay, well we can't afford this college anymore, so we got to figure something out, or you just have to work and save and then kind of go on your own." And I was just like, you know what, I I tried a few options. You know, I try to you know start working uh something between breaks. And then, um, I eventually found this program ROTC in college. So I did that for about two years. And I know that if you stay long enough, you can get contracted as, you know, you know, from a student to eventually into the military. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about the college fees. That's kind of how it is explained to me. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but that's kind of how they explained it to me. But I know the contracting phase is a lot more difficult than I made it out to be. So I was struggling for that year and, uh. I, I have a hard time kind of talking about this part of my life because it was probably the darkest time I had to deal with, but uh, I went to this one local boxing gym down where my college was and uh, I, I just kept sparring and uh, one guy came up to me and I sparred with him. And then, you know, he kind of complimented me. He's like, Oh yeah, your, your strikes is pretty good. You know, you kind of don't, you kind of don't hold your punches. I had a really pro- big problem with like adjusting my power and, you know, sometimes I would kind of clock a guy really hard, but you know, that's, that's what heart sparring was for. So he kind of introduced me to a few ideas. And it kind of I mean, I I felt very, it felt very shady. When he explained it to me, he's like, you want to make some extra money? Um, You know, meet me here. And uh, the way he kind of explained it to me was it was a large sum of money for, you know, for like a short amount of time. So out of curiosity, I showed up. And uh, just coming out in the open, it was pretty much like pit fighting, you know, just get in there you know unsanctioned so and eventually you know i ended up the next thing you know most people don't realize it it's they're like oh yeah you you know you never know like you're always going to know before you join a gang you, sometimes the, the honest truth is like it just kind of happens you know one minute i'm fighting for like three four hundred dollars next thing you know like i'm i'm being like jumped in you know and it's it's super weird and uh it didn't hit me till like a week or two later that you know they're paying for my food i'm training with them i'm sparring with them and then you know i'm just fighting other gang members for money around you know this in this dark little warehouse you know and it, it's just kind of like all the hits i've taken you know all the blows i've taken from you know kicks punches knees all that you know there's no padding there's no headgear, and like you know a lot of times like it was very hard for me to explain to my college you know my roommates it was hard for me to explain to my classmates because I would try my best to kind of wrap up my hands and, you know, try to like cover, you know, like bruises on my face, you know, because my hands were like torn up. Like they were like large gashes on my hands, like that were like dried up and it hurt to like make a fist, you know, it really hurt to like bend my, bend my knuckles around my fingers without it re tearing bleeding. So I always try to avoid like, people let it like letting people see, like seeing my hands, I would try to put them in my pockets when I'm walking around and I got really kept to myself. And it was really hard for me to keep that. And eventually I saved and I was like, I was fighting at least like two, three times a week for that small amount of money, but it would pay for, you know, with the scholarships I had at the time, it didn't cover everything, but it was able for, it was, I was able to pay for what was, what was left over. So, you know, I never fully told my mom till I was like 24 how I did it, but I always told her that I was covered and she would always say like, you know, she would never question it, but I was just saying I made money and uh, I was just like, don't ask me how I'm making it. But, you know, she was always concerned and then, you know, eventually, you know, a few years goes by graduations around the corner. I feel like a normal student. I feel like an adult. I'm about to go into the workforce after dealing with like four years of, you know, dealing with like the gang life, the violence and all that. And I I kind of looked at um, the guy that, you know, kind of brought me in and I was like, hey man, like I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I kind of want to be normal. I kind of want to live a normal life and I'm really tired of getting punched in the face. So can you like, is it cool if I leave? And my brain is, you know, at the time I'm, I'm still like this 21 year old kid kind of like not processing what I'm asking. And he's, he kind of looks at me like dumbfounded. He's like, are you sure you, are you sure? Cause, and then he kind of like changed his tune on me and he said, there's no getting out of this. You know, this is for life. You're either with us or you're against us. And then I kind of told him, I was like, well, I don't want this. And then next thing you know, this is at like eight or 9 PM. And I thought we're cool. Next thing you know, he brings in like the other people that I know that I've known for three, four years. And, you know, next, you know, I'm getting beat up and, uh, this is probably the most traumatic thing I've dealt with. But, um, next thing you know, I'm like duct taped to a chair, my like clothes are off my shirt, like, you know, I'm just wearing my boxers and I'm like freaking out. I'm covered in bruises. And, you know, he's like, the whole standard you know blood in blood out kind of thing and i was just like it doesn't have to be this way and i'm trying my best to talk my way out of this and i'm just essentially just getting like punched and at one point you know one person i considered a brother at the time the person i was the most closest with you know because me and him kind of had the same upbringing you know foster care you know parents weren't around you know dealing with all the abuse we would, there were days where after we, you know, we'd make three or $400, we'd go to the Seven Eleven right across the street from the college. And, you know, he we we'd kind of lay on the grass, look at the stars and we would be like, hey, man, like, I don't want to live like this, that forever. You know, like I want to make money and I kind of want to live a good life, live a positive life where I don't have to struggle. You know, that'd be the life. And we kind of promised each other that we're like, hey, if we make it, we make it together. And I thought he honestly was like my brother. And, you know next thing you know, like he's stabbing me with a knife, you know, I can't do anything. And he's, and I have the, like, you know, I have the scars and eventually I got, I got tattoos. You know, that's, that's the reason why I have such big tattoos on my chest and on my back is because the knife marks are so, were so obvious that, you know, like they stab me. I have three straight, <clears throat> street, straight, straight blade, like piercings right near my heart where my heart is, you know, they, the guy just plunged the knife in right in the center of my, like where my chest is and just dragged it in like a Z formation. Like, and it was just this giant drag deeping in, like I had my skin hanging off. And it's just like, I was just like, eventually, like I kind of like blacked out, you know, I was just non, I was just nonstop screaming on my end and I can't do anything. You know, it's probably the most helpless I've ever felt. And I, in my, in my heart, I, when I explained this to my mom, I was like, at that moment, I was like, I'm gonna die here. Like, I am gonna die here. And, you know, like, after being all that, you know, it was I don't even know how much how long that time, how long time passed, you know, how much time passed. And it was just, I just kind of like, kind of like exited my mind, you know, and the, the pain was just starting to numb and I was shivering because I have nothing on my losing blood. And I thought it was over. And the next thing you know, you know, this dude is like, this person behind me is taking this like small little like blowtorch on like a piece of metal. And like, I'm like, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what else is, or what else are they going to do? And then the next thing I you know is they're, they're just closing my wounds with this piece of metal like that they heated up with this like blowtorch. And that's just like, Like just smelling my own like, you know, like you smell your own blood and your skin like start burning and then it's essentially cooking at that point, you know, because it's just, you know, it's just searing, they're just searing the wounds closed, you know, like that was probably the worst pain, you know, second to the, you know, getting stabbed and whatnot. And they kind of just, they're kind of like, this is what you get. And I thought that my life was gonna end there because they weren't doing that. Next thing you know, they're cutting me out of the chair. They're loading me into this white van. They drive me to my university and they chuck me into this like ditch right by the university sidewalk. And like, I'm just, for I was just fortunate enough that my, like the dorm room I was uh, staying at was like super close by, you know, it was maybe a 10 minute walk and it was like two three in the morning at that point apparently when i got back to my room i'm bloodied up you know thankfully everyone's asleep i'm in my boxers so i was just like i don't understand like and like how it was but you know like i'm i was kind of stupid in college so i never locked my door so like that's honestly one of the things i kind of like was like thank you for like you know thank you past me for not locking the door so i just kind of Walked into my room, took a shower, cleaned my wounds up, and uh I just kinda sat on my bed and I just started processing everything, you know. And I just I didn't really go out of my room for like the whole next day or two. And I just kinda sat there like I don't know what I've been through because I was so shocked and like shaken by like what I just experienced. And when I and uh the next thing you know, I get a <clears throat> I get contacted by the i get contacted by one of them and saying like you're out you know you're he's they're like you're not good enough for us and and essentially the only reason that you know i wasn't you know my life wasn't taken that night was because they're like we we like you so much so we're not gonna we're, we didn't feel right to do that but you did just you know but this is what you get for, you know, basically abandoning us. And like, they kind of considered me family and they're like, you walked out on us, you choose to do this. And cause I did make a pretty big case on like why I wanted to leave and that I was insisting that I was going to leave. So I guess that they justify in their mind that that was the right thing to do. And like, that's kind of like the biggest thing that I take away from college was not the education. It was just like seeing how real like life can get. All out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: that's fucking bananas, dude. Um, When when you approached them about it, you know, you like you said, you 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 know gave a pretty strong case. You know about wanting to not be involved with it anymore. You know, was it like their reaction? Like right off top, was it like, you know, kind of like a. You know, was there any like hints or like any kind of signs that like there's going to be trouble or or danger? I mean, know?
0: it was pretty it was pretty relaxed because we weren't really doing anything. We were kind of just sitting, you know, in the living room. And uh, it was like a really tiny living room with a couch and we're just watching TV and uh, we're just, you know, having a beer. And then, you know, it was very casual. You know, I just brought it up because he was on, he was the only one in the room. And I kind of brought it up to him very lightly. And he thought I was joking. He was like, you're messing with me, you know, because he thought I was serious. Because, you know, after being, you know, years of, you know, training together, leading together, you know, making money together, it was very hard for, you know, me to say it. But, you know, I think he kind of took, they kind of took it as a joke. And then I kind of got more serious with it. And I feel like I could have probably handled it a little better. But I remember raising my voice and I kind of like put my beer down I was like hey this is what I'm this is what I mean and I, I want out you know and I feel like the big catalyst for that was uh my my biological mom that you know I really do care about um she so she was diagnosed with like cancer so it made me it was like throat and stomach cancer so it was it made me think about you know the whole aspect of life and like being like okay well you know I have this chance to get to know her and i don't know how long she has because the way you know i don't know what i don't know all the details of the diagnosis i have to get back home and figure this out but the way it was hit the way it hit me was like cancer was super bad in my eyes i was like okay this isn't good you know someone says they're diagnosed it's never good so regardless of like what stage it's at so uh, i was very concerned and um i knew that i couldn't I couldn't continue being the person that I was while trying to take care of my mom who did have cancer and try to see what she needed, because it was my uh, it was my opportunity to reconnect with her after being, you know, being, you know, being gone from her for so many years while being in foster care. So I really wanted for I really wanted that opportunity to kind of change and really, you know, leave it, leave like, you know, all this, you know, hate and you know violence behind because I never. I never was comfortable with violence and I I was always surrounded with it when I was uh when I was younger you know either directed at me or just being or just witnessing it was uh, being a witness to it so just being in, being in it myself I definitely didn't want to be around it anymore so that was probably also a contributing factor but it just kind of it just went down like I didn't realize how real and how fast it kind of escalated once I said that
1: it, you know it sounds like <clears throat> You know, it's something you, you know, you only see in, you know, movies, you know, so I, you know, can only imagine, you know, as this is going down with you and it's happening. It's like, holy shit. Like, this is like, this is really happening. That this fucking sounds fucking terrifying, dude. Like, Like, I I think, I think for a solid year, um,
0: there are nights where I, I had nightmares where I had to be medicated because I would constantly be waking up. And the only nightmare I would have is just just hearing myself scream like over and over and over. And it was just me screaming. So like it was it definitely follows me and it's uh, still a huge part and impact on my life. But um, I definitely learned from it. But it took me a few years to really come to terms with it and realize and realize that this did happen to me. I can't ignore it. And, you know, every time I look in the mirror and I see you know all the scars and you know all the markings that i you know that were from that night you know def- i definitely take us a s- few seconds to remember you know what was said to me what was done to me and then try to figure out like t- figure out in my head it's like and kind of make myself like like know that i'm like i'm never going to go back to that kind of life again so
1: uh you know i, I can see you know that that's just i mean you'd already had kind of you know in your mind you know you did not want to do this and i have you know wonder also you know while it's all going on kind of in the midst of it all you know like you said you don't want to live the rest of your life like this because you know you wonder like with those guys you know where they are now do you you know are you aware of like you know if they're still around like you know or you know not necessarily around but you know like you know, seen anything or heard anything about, you know, mm-hmm. that grouping of people. Um, I haven't heard from them in a while. It's
0: just um, I know they're not far. Maybe I think where I currently live, I think they're maybe about like an hour or two away. But uh, I try my best to like really not try to seek them out or like really remember what they sure. like, sure. you know, like I still remember what they look like, you know, it's just seared into my brain, you know, so Uh, You know, like, I I really did believe that they were, like, the family that, you know, I never, like, I always wanted, you know, they cared for me, they, you know, fed me, you know, they helped me when I had, you know, I was in trouble. And, you know, I feel like at the time, like, being so immature, being so angry with having all that, you know, pent-up frustration from all those years of abuse as a kid, not being able to do anything, and them providing me the outlet to, you know, pretty much direct that anger at someone... It really, I felt like they were helping me, but I feel like, you know, looking back, I, I know I know that they were really making me worse because they're in an, they're an enabling that violence in me to come out along with uh, making it worse. You know, they're make they're basically normalizing it for me. So it was, it was like I feel like now I'm I'm really like embarrassed and ashamed of what I've done, but like it was more of a necessity for me to start off as okay, it's a meet, it's a a means to pay for my college tuition for my ability to purchase food, you know, and like buy what I need to buy essentially. But uh, eventually, it was like, you know, I was trading all that. But like, I was giving up like my humanity, like my empathy towards people. Because at that point, you know, I wasn't looking that as a person, I was looking that as someone I need to like, essentially, like beat to a pulp to receive money. So uh, that's kind of, that's kind of my outlook on it. Now, you know, now that I'm older and wiser, I still have a lot more lot more to learn along with uh you know and you know if anyone if anyone i know has you know that kind of issue or they're kind of like you know kind of like tempted and like lured into that kind of life you know i kind of explain to them I'm like it's not that it's not as cracked up as it is to be you know it's very it's a very dark life and i feel like the fact that you know movies and whatnot try to glorify you know that life right. it, it's it's not it's not pretty you know and it's not the life that I would recommend to like my worst enemy. It's still probably the worst four and a half years that I've ever been through that I, you know, experienced and, you know, we'll never forget. And, you know, it made me to the person who I am now, you know, probably a little over paranoid about people, but, you know, it did give me the insight to read people very well with um, being around so many negative people. And like, I can pick up on, you know, whether that's just talking to, you know, people for like maybe five to ten minutes i really just like to listen and see what kind of person they are and you know i get instant uh vibes where i'm like okay well i get this vibe that i should be wary of you i should be careful of you because i don't know what it is but there's something about you that makes you makes like you know the hairs on the back of my neck stand you know it's something there's something concerning so it definitely that life definitely provided me the ability to read people and like really understand, you know, whether someone is good or bad. I just, it's just a feeling that I have and majority of the times um, it's always right. So it's, it was good for something. So I try to uh, take, you know, the positive sides to it because uh, right now I find like myself in the process of like really like humbling myself every day and like appreciating what I have now because uh back then i didn't have anything you know no money uh no food you know i didn't have a bed for i think till like until i went to college actually like i didn't have a bed like i either slept on the floor or um the foster home i was provided with uh they only had a couch so the basement there was a brown couch and i was just sleeping on that for years so um i'm definitely appreciative of like having a bed blankets you know clothes um back then i got made fun of because i only had like uh i only had like three sets of clothes so um i'm more than willing to uh appreciate and really be like okay if i want if i ever catch myself buying clothes or something like that or wanting to buy clothes you know i look at my closet and be like i got clothes you know and sure and i've i've done things where you know, where if someone needs clothes, you know, I have, you know, I've had had teammates in the, you know, that were having a hard time back in, back in the day that were like, okay, well, you know, your spats are ripping, your shorts are ripping, or like your shoes are falling apart. You know, I've, you know, I've had friends where I was, I was close, close with at one point in time. And, you know, it honestly wasn't to make myself feel better. You know, it was like, you know, they always asked me, they're like, why are you doing this? Because I would give them like 30 shirts, like new pants, you know, new Timberlands and like tennis shoes. And because I wanted to, I was like, I because I know I understand how it feels to be in that position, you know, and if I have a little extra, why not, you know, share the bounty? You know, I'm not wearing all these clothes. So I was more than happy to, you know, help, you know, help a friend and friend in need out. So. Absolutely.
1: You know, thinking too, just when when they kind of. I guess recruited you you know looking at it or even kind of like just just given the scenario of everything it's like it's almost like you know when you have groups like that you know they prey upon you know someone's like oh here's this guy he's a loner you know all this stuff um you know and it, you know they, they get your story and then it's like, you know, swoop in Take them, take them, especially like you said You were younger, so As you are now, you're, you're a lot more Paranoid and, and wary uh, You know, of people and You know, it's taught you to read them better But you know, I can imagine back then That just wasn't necessarily the case And you know, I'm sure they probably came off Very charismatic, you know, kind of In a positive way um, of, of painting things Which, you know, kind of Leads back to you know, to jujitsu with, you know, the things that kind of happen in, in our community, you know, that, that dirty underbelly where you have people taking advantage, whether it be someone from a young age, you kind of groom them up or, you know, again, you catch someone, you know, older that's been through something and, and even still taking advantage of them, you know, making them feel like, you know, you're a nice person, making them feel like they can trust you, making them feel like you'll never do anything to hurt them. And then, you know, here we are. So, um,
0: yeah, it's like, like going off your point there, like you almost like, like when you get, when you get groomed, most people say, oh, I'm not, that's not going to happen to me. Like, like a lot of the times, like you don't, I didn't even, even for me, like you don't realize that. They're grooming you whether it's something for that at some point for like sexual abuse or a lot or recruiting you for a gang like it's very it's kind of like surreal when you're there it, and it's definitely you don't notice it till it's too late one minute oh. they're they're buying you lunch they're you know they're giving you toys or they're giving you like new gear to train with and you're like and being someone that was 18 you know i can't even afford to like a Chipotle bowl at that time. That's how broke. I was at the time. So, you know, going there and they're like, get whatever you want, you know, we'll, we'll kick it. We'll kick it at my place. You know, we'll watch some fights on, you know, we'll watch a UFC card together. And, you know, like for being included like that, you know, it very, from being loner to being included very quickly like that and being welcomed. welcome, like that's kind of like how it happens. And then, you know, you feel accepted and I feel like that's how, you know, You kind of go off of it you know it's your even like kids like they're so naive and you know it it honestly it kind of shakes my soul when i see you know a kid being like sexually abused and i find out and i'm like okay well that person who did it and you kind of read about what happened you know eventually when it goes to court you kind of skim through it and you realize that you know they were grooming them you know and you hear the the child's account so it's very unfortunate but it really boils down to just you know the person just being naive and just being taken advantage of because it's someone that just doesn't have like the mental capacity to really process what they're doing and to them they're just like oh this person's just being nice to me and yeah and then it it's getting worse because you know the internet is you know essentially booming and it's so easy for people to get online and communicate like back in, unlike the you know the AOL days you know like we actually yeah. had to sign on to a PC so it's very uh you know with with that being around and kids being exposed to like smartphones and you know every kid on the block has a smartphone at this point like that's it, kind of like it just makes it just contributes to the problem and i feel like you can we can do like you know there could be more done but maybe a little more oversight maybe more people should speak up uh there are a few concerning things that i saw at my new gym that i was looking at um like one upper belt was kind of like I guess it wasn't, they never asked, but this one, he just kind of like like t- started talking with this one one female and then um, he just kind of was like, oh, let me show you something. And then next thing you know, he has his hooks in, he's on her back and like, he like does this and he's going like super slow. And it's, it's making me kind of creeped out because the way he's kind of like moving his hands around, it doesn't look like jujitsu at that point. It's very, it's too touchy feely mm-hmm. in my opinion. So when I see things like that, That's how i know i'm like okay and the next thing you know she doesn't show up anymore so it's kind of like okay well i don't want to say it's because of that but you know when you get unwarranted touching then you know that's kind of a problem i feel like that should be really nipped in the butt by either anyone by anyone in the room it doesn't have to be the coach but um i just kind of looked at it as i was on my way out so i was kind of like oh that's strange but i didn't really think of much of it and then when i really sat down and was like wow that's super inappropriate, you know, like, and it just judging, ju- just judging, you know, based on the girl's face, like she didn't really look that comfortable either. So it's kind of like that. Um, it's everywhere. I just feel like people just need to like open their eyes and really like pay attention. You know, that's all it is.
1: Yeah. I, I think in, you know, for us who, who've trained, you know, and even, you know, if, if you're not necessarily well versed in, in, any kind of grappling, there is kind of a thing about, you know, being touched, you know, being, you know, taught these moves where, yes, we we get up close and personal, but, you know, there is still kind of that feel of you, you can kind of get a sense of when, you know, that may not be necessarily appropriate or that doesn't look right. That seems you know something seems peculiar about you know the placement of their hands or exactly yeah you know you know it's just there are odd things to it um which you know again you know kind of you know comes back to the the ideal of you know when you have someone whether it be you know and it's predominantly females that this you know happen to in our sport but You know, there are, you know, young males who have, you know, encountered this as well, Uh, you know, but, you know, you get into this situation or you see these situations where, again, there's this grooming process going, like you said, you know, most people say, well, no, that, that would never happen to me, you know, but it's kind of like putting the the frog in the pot of water, you know, where it's not quite hot just yet, but it starts to boil. And then before, you know, it is too late um and with the instagram community specifically there was a lot of traction Uh, i want to say like spring of 2020 maybe
0: i think i i think there was a few articles that really took off and i know a lot of high profile grapplers uh started sharing Mm -hmm. the story um i know that there was a case I'm, i'm really blanking on the name but uh it was this uh female bluebell competitor that was saying she was like you know she kind of came out with it and was like i got you know pretty much sexually abused and then she competed she competed the next day so yes and i know that that was shared heavily and the fact that you know we like that's what we need and you know we don't need people like that regardless of their skill level it doesn't excuse like their behavior so and um as you said with like the grooming process like people don't realize like It can take a long time and people don't realize it it it, sometimes it takes years and before anything happens it could be years it could just be minor touching it could be you know little tiny things eventually the even the child even i thought that when i was you know before it all happened during the grooming classes on my end it was like you touch a child in in a certain way and regardless of it being inappropriate you do it enough times that child's gonna just think that it's normal And then they're just going to take it one step further, one step further, and it's going to be a gradual process. And it's, that's why, you know, like, as you say, with like the placement of the hands, you know, like I personally, I just, I'm just going to come out and say it. Like I've honestly am uncomfortable grappling with females just because of that reason, because I know that uh, Jiu Jitsu is a very like up close and personal sport. And I want to say like borderline intimate. So a lot, a lot of the transitions can occur very quickly. So depending on where you grab and like, depending on how you spin or how you roll, you know, sometimes your hand can un- land in a very unfortunate place. I know it's, I've, I'm guilty of that. But like, as soon as that happens, I'm like, I stop right away. And I'm like, I am so sorry. You know, my bad. Like, I did not mean to do that. And I completely, whether, you know, even if I sacrifice the position, I'm just like, I'd, I'd rather do that and say, I'm sorry, than and just go from there. Because I don't want to give, I don't want to like, get that misinterpretation of like, you know, if they get offended by that, you know, at least I'm just gonna be like, I'm sorry about that, you know, because I'm not like that. You know, I just rather just throw that in the open. Like, you know, that's why if I can, I try to always roll with like males, you know, upper belts and whatnot. That way, there's no like, there's no concern for that. And that's just my personal preference. I know that. um, no. Yeah, so I know that for us a hobby. I know, I saw a podcast with that, um, when he was explaining why he doesn't uh, roll with female grapplers. So he just kind of says that, you know, it's a whole like comfortability thing that, you know, he obviously he's not comfortable with it. So that's kind of how it is. And that's kind of like what I'm kind of leaning towards is. It's just that com- like that, just like discomfort and like, you know, the fact that, you know, I don't want to have that happen to me where I accidentally touch where I shouldn't touch and it's a complete accident. But, you know, you know, they might misinterpret it as in the wrong way. So I I always try to like avoid that because the way my mind works, is just kind of like I'd rather just overthink it. That's how I am. But I mean, that's kind of like where my thought process was with that.
1: Uh, I absolutely get that. I've always had kind of this mindset of rolling, you know, I'll roll with anyone, but it's also kind of gauging, you know, knowing who you're rolling with and, and, you know, what their, their, you know, skill level is. So it's like, you know, one of my main training partners is a female and, you know, it, you know, there's never anything weird about it. Because the thing I always say about it a lot of times is like, my only thought during rolling is to you know, not get choked out by this person. Um, you know, it's not a pride thing. You know, necessarily like, oh, you got choked out by a girl. No, not that at all. It's you know, in general, just training. Period. You know, you're you're trying not to you know, get submitted or you're working on positioning. I know there was one time I'm trying to, you know, get up out of her, uh, out of her guard and I'm going for a standing guard break and, you know, I accidentally hit her boob, you know, I freaked out, you know, like pull my hand back quick. She's like, dude, it's okay. Like, you know, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it. Now, the thing is with that person, there's, you know, kind of a long-term, like we've worked together for a while. So, you know, she knows there's nothing funny about it, but. You know, you never know what you know the next person. So, you know, it is kind of like uh if you are unfamiliar, you know, if it's a new female or something, you know. I, I think at least for me, it's like I, I kind of stare away because it's like I don't know them, they don't know me. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I don't, you know, I don't want them to, you know, think, oh, like who's this guy just you know rolling up quick and eager to roll with me. Um, I, I don't know this person. Um, you know rolling in the gym, uh, male and female, it can get, you know, where, because it's like, it shouldn't be a thing, but unfortunately it is a thing, uh, you know, is based off the nature of the sport, again, being a very up close and personal thing. And then just male, female, uh, you know, and, and the, you know, dynamics that go there. Uh, but I, I think it gets even, you know, weirder, you know, when there's that, that hierarchy, whether it's a higher, like, you know, black belt, brown belt, you know, you, you know, taking the white belt under their wing or, or the fresh new blue belt under their wing. And, and they get very, you want to think it's protective and defensive of the person, but then it's like, you got to kind of even be kind of curious about that too. Cause it's like, there's no imminent threat that, you know, you are aware of in the gym that they should be so protective of that person or, you know, very like, oh, I'll roll with this person or I'm only going to roll with this person, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, shit like that. Cause I've seen that before. And I remember I was like a white belt and I didn't, you know, something seemed kind of odd about it. Um, The guy, I, I think he, he like subbed in one time. I don't even remember the guy's name. But he subbed in one time, and it was like just a weird situation. I remember pointing out to one of my teammates, I was like, "Hey, man, you notice he he only like he was the only one that rolled with that that one trick." Um, but it's shit like that that you know, if you're aware of it, you see it. It should, you know, at least be acknowledged because you know you don't want to like, I, I guess scream something and you know it it may just be not that you know it's your perception but it's better at least to like kind of acknowledge it or kind of nudge it and like hey you know just keep your eye on this to someone else so it's like you're not the only one that might be seen and think oh maybe i'm just over exaggerating but if somebody else sees it with you okay maybe you know maybe we're not over exaggerating okay if they see it too i see it all right we need to keep an eye on this um it's you don't want this sport to be dirty and i don't think that it is i, I, I still love jujitsu i think it's you know one of the best things for so many different reasons whether it be self-defense mental health um you know exercise all the things but we have gotten into this bubble where like i said about 2020 spring of 2020 summer of 2020 there was that a lot sense. of yeah. it was coming out and then it then it disappeared though it stopped like by the time we got to I want to say late summer maybe the fall you yeah, didn't yeah. hear about
0: it everyone just stopped like you don't hear about like uh it was like an ongoing thing and like it just kind of like got flushed out and there's nothing there so it was definitely like where did it go you know and i feel like it definitely got swept under the rug but it's like we won't know the answer to it and i feel like it's it's kind of a shame because you know having that you know like little like because you don't i mean obviously as you said we don't want the sport to be dirty but you know we can't control everyone's behavior and obviously you know you're going to attract you know some bad eggs you know and eventually when those people become black belts you know they you know they keep continuing that behavior then it might you know other people that look into the sport and see that they'll be like oh well what if you know this person Who's female or male is a student under another block, but what if they just take advantage of them just because they're the teacher? And, you know, they, there's a lot of things they can threaten them with. They're like, oh, you're not, I'm not going to promote you if you don't do this, or, you know, I'm not going to corner you. You know, there's so many variables that they can threaten them with. So, and if some people are just like so loyal to their gym that, you know, the obvious answer is to leave. But if they can't, then, you know, that, it's just like that psychological abuse that you know you have to be aware of with that and i feel like if that doesn't get nipped in the butt or like dragged out or like put an eye on at least on that person if they're doing behavior like that then i feel like you know it's only going to continue to grow and it's only a matter of time till it's so bad that you know you know i don't want to say like you know worst case scenario but like it could lead towards that you know someone might end up dead you know it's that's kind of like what you know that's kind of what it's going to eventually go because um you know, like look at MMA. I mean, like, there's so many like good things about it, but there's so many bad things about it. You hear like there's so many headlines that on the newspaper, you know, articles online saying, Oh, this fighter did such and such at some bar, or you know, I don't know if you like back in the day, you know, look at look at uh, John Copenhaver, like Joe War Machine, like he yeah. like beat his girlfriend at the time to like inch of her life. So it like what's stopping someone, you know, that doesn't have self-control in jujitsu from doing something like that if the person says no or does something they don't like and that person has a bad temper so that's the kind of thing that you know i don't want to predict it but like you know i just want to bring like, you know it's good to like at least bring that for like to the forefront so that way people are aware of it so that it's a group effort that you know we kind of push these kinds of people out of it so that way they can't hurt anyone because it's physical, you know, physical abuse, you know, you get hit by someone or, you know, the the wounds will heal, you know, the bruises will go away. But, you know, something like the whole sexual abuse, psychological abuse, like that continues for years that like, that never comes undone. And it's just kind of like, um, coping with it, you know, you may accept it, come to terms with it. But you know that you're, there's always going to be that portion of like, pain you still feel from enduring, kind of, you know, things like that. So I feel like that's definitely something that everyone should be more aware of and uh, just not be swept under the rug and not, you know, be taken as a, Oh, it's a misunderstanding. And, you know, when it was clearly obvious that they did what they did. So definitely, um, that's definitely something that, you know, to be more aware of in this community.
1: Yeah. That's the thing with it in this community too, is that You know like uh with cyborg uh you know and you know i guess all the mess that's there just I, i'm not familiar with all the names that are involved i know cyborg his name came up a lot um to the point where you know he was at competitions you know winning matches and and you know being you know awarded the victory and and prize money and everything you know people just bombard in the comment sections, like, you know, this organization is still supporting this, this fucking monster, you know, what are we doing? Um, It's, you know, again, that was all the talk during that period. And then again, it just disappeared. Um, And the thing is when, when there's such a black, you know, cloud, like that hanging over any kind of sport community, you know, grouping—it's like so many people are aware of it, and the you know these organizations aren't doing anything. Like again, saying okay, well, you know, this happened. We, you know, we we know this for facts, or you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, why are why is there no banning of, you know, certain competitors or something of that nature because. You know, if, if if it doesn't start there, then it's just gonna, you know, continue. If there's not an example made, you know, there's it's just gonna continue. And like I said, when when there's you know all the chatter about it going on, and then it just died down, it's almost like when it dies down, that's when you know the snakes come back out and say, Okay, they're not talking about us anymore. You know, let's go back to business and 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 you know, continue to do, you know, nefarious things. Um I don't know like i mean um i feel like that uh the banning is uh, i've seen bannings
0: happen like firsthand um i think the the only the one i saw firsthand so like uh like just side note uh so i used to be like a super big like trading card player like back in the yeah. day so like uh i used to you know i used to play like you know things like magic the gathering uh, super yep. big nerd with that um i was a pro Yu-Gi-Oh player for a few years uh as an adult. Nice. So really fun. One a, won a few one a few good turn good sizable tournaments. Um but we also had like a lot of um because it is a predominantly male male hobby. So um I've seen things happen where you know there is a female. You know and and i would be lying if i say that you know females were common you know what it, it, they weren't so they would show up and immediately you would just see a swarm of dudes just like bombard her with like questions want to just they would want to play with like you know the card the, the game with her they would want to trade with her and whatnot and then next thing you know they're like trying to ask for their number so it's like every i guess everyone has their their own version of like doing that but like um you know there there were incidents where you know people were getting girls like you know females were getting harassed and you know inappropriately touched you know in that sense so um we had like there's a bit there's a few incidents there where you know the players would like well-known players would do that um they would be caught like cheating and whatnot you know being basically and then major tournaments that the the big two tournaments for like from that company were like they issued like the banning. They're like, you're banned, you're blacklisted, you're, no longer, you're not, no longer welcome here. And then the next thing you know, they're stripping them of their titles, like their past titles. So they're essentially like, you know, gutting them of all their accomplishments. And they're like, we don't want you to represent what we do in here or this game. So, and cool. as soon as, that, as soon as that happened, everyone's like, oh, we got to play by the rules, we can't cheat. And then we got to be more careful with like how we interact with like females at that time. But I feel like that's a perfect example. Like, you know, some, if they pretty much put down the band hammer on someone, as you say, like, it's kind of, kind of like cut the snake's head off and then opposed to, you know, it dying down and then, then coming back. And then it's just a vicious cycle where it's not going to end. So I feel like that's where we're kind of left at. And until it's brought about brought up again, it's like, but my concern is, You know, how many, you know, how many people have to suffer and, you know, be traumatized for the rest of their life in order for these organizations, you know, these huge organizations to be like, hey, you're no longer welcome here. You're no longer welcome, you know, things like that, because I feel like that's probably the only solution. Until you make an example out of someone like that. Other people are going to be like, okay, well, this person got away with it, even though they get, you know, hated on by, you know, a sizable group or whatever you know, they don't, they're not welcome to certain gyms. They're still welcome to compete and they're still able to win medals. They're still able to get their names in the history book when, you know, they've done so many terrible things in their own personal lives. It's kind of like, that's where I'm kind of, you know, coming to on this. It's just like, it's ridiculous. Just because your name is huge in the community doesn't excuse that, you know, you should be able to do that to people.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny with the, just, anything of this nature, it it gets real slippery. And when I say that, I mean, it's like, it gets weird on like who's defending what side of what line Because I put up a post and it was, you know, in, in support, you know, basically saying, you know, you know, this is a problem. You know, if someone says something, you know, don't ignore them. Don't, don't neglect them. Like, believe them. You know, and I guess part of the terminology there should have been more so listen to them, you know, you know, hear them, you know, you know, before, you know, you know, just, you know, bombarding and attacking because, you know, again, in trying to be supportive of, you know, the community and, you know, having, you know, our female grapplers backs, you know, and really just Back, you know, having our, you know, having the back of our, our, uh, community period in, in a positive way, you know, there are a lot of people that jumped into my comments, you know, like that, that kind of really opened my eyes, but it's, it's not uncommon though, because whenever you see anything of someone committing, you know, you know, any kind of sexual assault or, you know, some something of that nature, you're going to have that group of people that you know immediately doubts the the victim, whether it's male or female, um, and you know that's that's you know there there are situations you know that I, you know I've seen firsthand where someone has said something, and it turned out to you know have some uh some questionable um details that that you know kind of were important to the matter and I, I don't know it's like I I get that in those those few instances but just because there's like you know that one or two things here that may not have been exactly what was claimed that doesn't mean to negate anyone that ever says that they've been a victim of something and and that's what I was getting in those comments it's like immediately all these dudes were just like jumping in and attack and saying well whatever like you know it's bullshit or you know you know so you mean to tell me you, you know you just want to believe anyone and everyone who says anything and it was like dude like relax like like, wh- like why are you getting so defensive you know I, I don't know it, it's like and this was kind of like at, in it, like at the height of it I think um and then like it's like shortly after that it just kind of faded off um and like i I said it comes back every so often like i've seen some posts in the last i want to say month and a half two months but again just kind of a quiet whisper and then it goes away again it's definitely troubling because um i know that i know
0: like i've dealt with some people that like would just there's some guys that feel like they just just hate women and like they just they're like you know misogynistic about it and they're like oh like they're lying and blah blah blah. and like you know it's like they just jump to that conclusion so i feel like maybe those are the kind of people jumping in your comments with that but like i always try to i'm certain of it and like it's very like it's like in my mind when i read that and i'm like who hurts you You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, did no one hug you as a child? Like, it's kind of like, it makes me like wonder. It's like, it's more personal to them for some reason. But like, if someone comes to me and says, this is what happened, this is, uh, and they explain it. And um, it's hard for me to hear when um, I actually had someone uh, recently, uh, a female friend of mine come to me and said, um, like, they were, you know, they were sexually assaulted and it was hard for me to hear it because. It's someone I knew for a long time, and I didn't really understand. I I, I didn't understand how to process it, but I was just listening to them, and it was so hard for them, and I could hear their voice shaking, them crying over the phone because they wanted to talk, and I didn't know why they wanted to talk, but, you know, eventually it got to the point where they couldn't explain it, and I had to, like, kill myself to, like, in my, like, internally kill myself and scream, like, because I'm like, I hate hearing this because it's just, like like, you can't do anything at that point. Once it's happened, you know, you can only be there for them and, you know, you can't turn back time to stop it from happening. You could, it's could have, should have, would have, but the most thing you can do is just listen. But, you know, I was pretty much explaining to them, like, you know, asking them questions. I was like, to make it easier. Cause you want to tell me, I'm going to ask you yes or no questions. And I kind of explained what happened, you know, like, you know, through and through. And then they kind of said, yes, no, just so I can have an idea of like what happened and how it went down and uh just pretty much like at that point just hearing them out and at the end of the day that's all you can really do is just be there for them support them and uh no matter what time of day they they need support like just just kind of be there if you're their shoulder to lean and cry on so that's kind of like how it went down that's how it was so i understand that aspect of it but it's just like as you say like listen but it's like there's some people that just jump right in there and say like that's lies i don't want to hear it and maybe it's their their type of people that don't want to deal with any kind of negativity but it like the more we neglect it the more of a problem it's going to be because how many people aren't how many people are in the jiu-jitsu community that haven't been caught yet
1: that's the scary part yeah so that that was something that my wife and i were talking about um recently um not necessarily in the community itself but you know when, when so the whole Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series. Oh yeah, uh, that one. <laughs> so
0: it's been yeah. flying. All the memes have been like the the what, like what was it the the BJ like? Let's just watch this last quarter. <laughs> yeah. Ryan get uh, instructional. Then you can leave. Like, oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's like when I saw I saw those come out immediately. I was like, dude, that's so good. And I want to jump on the bandwagon because most of my most of my uh, posts are repost. I I might make a meme. Uh, I might make an original meme once every three months. Um, at best, but it's but so I,
0: bad, it's so bad, but yeah. it's so good at this. Like, you almost want to hate yourself because it's like it's so terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was on the fence because it was like I wanted to repost, but I was like, like, dude, oh man, this is this is a rough one. I don't know. Like, growing up, there was this weird thing growing up. Um, I'm from Detroit and being up there, I remember like this was, I want to say, in maybe 86 87 so I don't know you know the timeline of what was going on up there in Wisconsin but I remember one of my uncles making a comment and this could have just been kind of a general you know getting kidnapped and you know uh eaten you know you know by that guy but you know i don't think but that's the thing i don't think the stuff about jeffrey dahmer was like an out and about thing in 86 and 87 i don't think but i remember like um you know hearing like you know uncles just make little comments like that and then when all the jeffrey dahmer stuff came out later on for some reason that felt like i was drawn to it i was like dude i need to know more about this guy not not in a sense of like you know I need to study him i want to know show me your ways no it was more of a like i was fascinated because i was like what the fuck is going on here what this dude was like killing people and then eating like well so um i'm probably gonna cut a bunch of that out because like it's <laughs> okay, it's not relevant to the story. I mean, it's <laughs> um to, but like, like you know,
0: uh it's i know that people use this for uh like meme fodder like everywhere i just yeah. see like not even a day goes by and like I feel like there's like spurts and I feel like as as humans, like we're like, we're drawn to that kind of, especially it kind of ties in. If someone, something does something like heinous, especially like, uh-huh. especially with like the jujitsu jiu- community, like someone does something like super bad, like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's drawn to it. Everyone's sharing the article because, and then they like, they're all like, I wouldn't say fascinated, but they're drawn to that person's actions because they're like, why did they do it? And they all want to know how they did it. And it's, like i just don't know what it is it's like a morbid curiosity and it's the same thing with like the the idea with serial killers like look like they're dropping all these documentaries and these netflix series these movies i don't even know how many jeffrey dahmer movies and documentaries there are but there's a lot and they just dropped another one and now they released the uh they released the jeffrey dahmer tapes so it's just that idea like i feel like until it's like put on the screen and like, you know, like, you know, glorified and like, even with the Hollywood touch, you know, watch, you know, if they do that with jujitsu, like if they did that with jujitsu, with they have the people who've done it, who are accused of it, convicted of it. And, you know, they made a documentary about it and put it on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's going to shed.
1: Everyone's going to be drawn to it. Same as they did with Jeffrey Dahmer. So, Oh, so, um, one thing my wife and I will talk about, um, after, you know, watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, one of the things that happened, you know, according to the show is he molested, um, one of the victims and this victim, you know, he, I think he uh, took pictures of him and, you know, molested him and, uh, he survived. And, you know, when they ended up going to court, you know, he kind of got off, you know, pretty light and, you know, a big part of it was you know, well, you know, he didn't have a prior record and he's working and all this stuff. And I I think that's something that gets kind of weird, you know, when we look at the community, because like you said, there's still, you know, probably, you know, countless people who might be predators that haven't been caught. And that's just the thing, you know, if you don't have a record, you don't have a history that that's, you know, on the surface for people to see that is, it's still problematic you don't know where to you know you don't know where to look you know because you don't want to like you know cause a fire where there isn't a fire to be had but at the same time it's like you still want to be aware i mean yeah
0: and like i know that like no one wants to be that guy that like you know is like this is what's happening you don't want to like just be that guy to like out someone you know be like i know you did something terrible but like um it's very like because I, I remember doing this like background check thing because i had to do it for work and uh, i ended up having to buy the subscription to like you know it was like a week subscription for like i think I like eight or nine bucks and you can kind of look up like your name other people's names and see what their prior record is like speed it comes up with everything so yeah and on one of the tabs it's like sex offenders so And you kind of see, it kind of provides in the the state of Virginia, in the county I live in, it provides like a roadmap of like all the, all the offenders and whatnot, because they have to register, they have to list their address. And the amount of like pins that were dropping around my neighborhood was pretty alarming because uh, the neighborhood I live in, there are like, I don't want to say hundreds, but it feels like it because there's always kids running around and then, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the offenders that like, it's not like, you know, it's not like, Oh, someone assaulted someone else, you know, someone sexually abused that it's like some heavy, like, like heavy, like, you know, pictures of children and whatnot. So like, I didn't want to say that word because it's so uncomfortable, but like Mm -hmm. you see them doing that, you know, abusing a minor, things like that. So, and the fact that they're so close to like where you know i live it's like okay well what are we doing about this and like these are just the ones that got caught yeah so and imagine like as you as you mentioned like there's so many people that haven't been caught and you know there's other variables with like whole, the whole jeffrey dahmer thing with that like why he was so lenient and why he was able to get that you know that weird prison sentence where he had to report to the prison but he could late he could leave it five days a week eight hours a day mm-hmm to do his job and it's like okay well you didn't you know you didn't do your time I I don't think because you're still able to like partake in society like this even though you what you did was horrible and then what ended up happening was he ended up you know that same person that same child he ended up like slaying that that child's younger brother yeah and uh it was and the crazy thing is it's like what are the coincidence like what are the odds of that happening and then um that the family yeah, apparently eventually sued the county but like sued the city but you know i know they settled but like even though they've received like a substantial amount like they still lost their child yeah yeah and that's... it's you can't replace your child even with any kind of money so but i feel like you know even dealing with that horrendous like act on that child that was just you know barely in the world you know you see people that are doing i think it it, what really is unfortunate is the fact that, you know, seeing a child who was abused like that, but I feel really it's very unfortunate for the parents to have to, like, watch their child grow up with that trauma and feel guilty. I know because I know parents feel guilty. They're like, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could be there. I want to I want to help you heal. But you're the one who endured that you know trauma, not me. And they, I feel like parents in that position feel so helpless because they can't do anything about it because sometimes like the justice system does fail and these people slip through the cracks or they get a very light sentence and they're like, it's not taken too seriously and when it should
1: be. Yeah. I've, in having that conversation with my wife about um, the whole thing with Jeffrey Dahmer just kind of You know getting such a light sentence i mean essentially it was weekend jail basically exactly you know he he was allowed to go out eight hours a day you know to go to work and he reports back in the evening i mean i mean it's no different again than weekend jail you know that you know you see with duis and things like that um you know one of the things you know that you know i was talking to my wife about um even with that it's like when it comes to like our legal system and punishments it's like it, it always gets so goofy to me and i'm no lawyer i'm not even gonna pretend to be i want it to be but you know i still watch you know law dramas and shouldn't pretend um but it's like you know if you commit a crime and the punishment is this you know it should be that it shouldn't be like oh well you know this is the first time they got caught like i actually just had to go to court uh for work recently um, because I, 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 was the one who handed over the video footage. So I got subpoenaed for it, which is, I get it. Like my boss was like, that's weird. they should subpoena me. I was the one who signed off all on all the stuff initially, but I was the one who signed off on handing over the video. So, um, I had to go in and it was essentially a matter of this guy stole a kid's iPhone. Okay. And the guy's 72 years old, I think wow and he he's never been in trouble at all this is the first time that we know of him getting in trouble and it, it's stuff like that that's like it's, damn dude like like it's kind of it's kind of ballsy especially
0: with like someone stealing your iphone like you can find that like the same day yeah. of where it's going or where it's at so I guess they I guess he didn't know that because of his old age, but it's like okay, well, yeah, yeah. But you know, it just shows like if he's willing to take this step, what other things is he willing to do? You know, and I'm just glad that you know we don't have that weekend jail thing anymore. You know, because that punishment they gave Dahmer it was like a punishment. It was like one foot in, one foot out. So yeah, um, I don't it, understand how what their thought process with that was.
1: You know, yeah, it's it's a silly silly thing, and I don't know. Like I said, I'm a firm believer in. You know, if you commit a crime, you know, your punishment is what it is. Like now I'll admit here, I mean, you know, many people who know me, I, I got a DUI, uh, what, 12 years ago, 11 years ago. And it was, you know, a poor choice, you know, whatever, you know, I fucked up and I got probation for judgment. You know, I was fortunate, you know, I lucked out, but I did tell my wife and, you know people say oh well you're just talking shit. you know you're saying it, but it was like no the, the, like if they would have told me you know i believe the punishment would like max punishment was like a year in jail and like five thousand dollar fine or some bullshit. i know there was money involved but uh imprisonment for a year was uh also you know one of the things and it's like i told us like if that were the case i mean unfortunately you know i committed a crime if they said i had to go to jail for a year I wouldn't like it, but I mean, that's, that's just it. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, you, you know, I ended up having to take the drug and alcohol class on Saturday mornings. And I remember there was one guy, he was in there. He had five DUIs. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, yo, (laughs) I'm in here off of one. This dude is in here off of five. Like, like what, like, what are you doing? Like, how is this not being? It, it, they've since changed the the law here now. It's like if you get a DUI, you have to have the uh the uh blow and go thing in your car now. Oh yeah, that's um, oh man. Like, and that's like first offense now. It, it, it used to be like after so many, but now it's like because it, it, I have a uh, an acquaintance that. They recently got a DUI and you know they they had to you know pay for themselves. They had all this like appointments to be made and all this stuff. And um, you know, sort of you know, things are getting better about certain certain laws with it. But again, it's like, look, man, if you say the punishment is this then the punishment should be this, you know, and that way you get less people slipping through the cracks. And that's just not for DUI. I mean, for, you know, all the things, you know, you know, if, if there's any suspension, uh, suspicion of, you know, weirdness, especially around kids, especially around, you know, females, it's like, you know, again, they can slip through the cracks until they're 60 and then they get caught and then like, you know, they could say, oh, well, you know, this is his first offense and, you know, he's 60 years old. You know, it should be fine. Like, I don't think it's fine, dude. Like, like that. Like look, that into, guy like who, look uh, into it more, you know, like it's. Yeah, it's
0: probably not the first. It's probably the first time they got caught. But yeah. it's not their first
1: rodeo. So. Well, yeah. And the whole thing's like, oh, well, you know, you're on probation. You have a probation officer. Yeah, that's all good and well. But look, man, I saw my probation officer, what, once a week? And, you know, not that I was a, you know, a, a, you know, flight risk or anything, or, you know, a troublemaker, no, you know, again, I got in trouble, I got my punishments, you know, I went to AA, I went to the drug and alcohol uh, classes in addition, you know, I I saw my probation officer every week, Um, you know, all these things, but it's like, if you, you know, if you're a bad person, those little things in place aren't going to keep you from being a bad person. You know, if you, it, I don't know, it's just, it, it bugs me because, like I said, like being in this community and loving the sport the way that, you know, a lot of us do love the sport. We don't want to see, you know, that black cloud over it, especially no. when it started to gain popularity. No, absolutely. And I feel like um,
0: that's what it is. And now that, you know, we just had what ADCC 2022 just passed us by and it's mm-hmm. just gonna it's just more eyes on the sport and you know people are gonna be like what's its history we're gonna get new eyes on the sport and obviously they're gonna be like what bad things happen you know there's gonna be positives and negatives but you know they're gonna be like okay so a lot of people are gonna get you know the wrong idea sometimes if what if they get introduced to what you know fight sports did the one coach there and yeah. you know what's what if that's their first introduction about what jiu-jitsu is then you most people are just going to paint our entire community one stroke of the brush and be like, OK, you guys are all, you know, people who will physically abuse, you know, children, you know, women, you know, and it's just not how it is. And but unfortunately, that's kind of how some people's minds work. They just assume and, you yeah. know, sometimes assuming is, you know, the worst thing you can do without even getting to know anyone. And that's why, you know, and they always say, like, never judge a book by its cover. But, you know, we do it
1: anyway. So, yeah. <clears throat> My wife's best friend, she doesn't know anything about jujitsu. Um, they put their son in taekwondo uh, a few years back, and my wife, she, you know, she she defends jujitsu. She like she defends it like she takes it. It's like, you know, it's like damn. Like it was you know. Shout out to her, Sarah Beth. I love you um sometimes she listens to the podcast sometimes she, <laughs> she's not gonna make it this far if she listens just because she's like your voice is so soothing it puts me to sleep you can just say i'm born that's okay like it, it's okay if you call me born but um her uh friend had made a comment many years ago about jujitsu where she was like you know well we don't want to put um our son in jujitsu because you know those jujitsu guys all they do is like they go out and pick fights with people and da and you know they're troublemakers and, and, you know, all the, you know, kicking and punching and, and, and my wife, you know, brings this back to me and I was like, are you serious? She was like, no, I, I talked to her I already. I already went over it with her and I was like, well, yeah, I feel like I have to now though, you know, cause it's like, but that's just a general view that this lady took off of watching probably a UFC fight and, and, you know, reading and this was around the time that war machine, you know, uh, attacked Chris. Uh, Chrissy Mack. So, you know, the, you know, for all I know, that's the article she could have saw and thought, oh, you know, those jujitsu guys, you know, they're they're troublemakers and, you know, all this shit. And it's like, you know, and that's just off of like just kind of a, a small thing. You know, just like a someone just like kind of doing like a like little, oh, I found an article. Now imagine somebody really taking a deep dive and and then seeing all this shit. And it's like like, wow, well, you know, in, you know, how the investigative reporters are now, you know, especially, like, you know, places like ESPN or, you know, the New York Times or, you know, whatever it may be. It's like they, they want to s- sensationalize a story so they can get more clicks and more buys and more eyes on, on, on the thing. So. You know, they'll give it like, you know, they'll give a little bit of praise and they'll talk about, you know, where jiu-jitsu came from. And then they'll talk about, you know, the, the American introduction in 93 with Hoist Gracie and, and you know, UFC one, and you know, then they'll start going into, you know, right from that, you know, then it goes into like, no, let's look at the dark side of jiu-jitsu. And it's like, yeah, but you don't want to talk about the, the beautiful part of jiu-jitsu where we've had so many, you know young you know boys and girls men and women you know gain confidence you know and and, and gain a voice from this this sport this art you know y- you know you don't want to point out that you know because that's what's going to happen you know they'll end up you know want to point out all these negativities and, and not at any point you know express how Jitsu has helped so many in so many ways and it, it's fucking frustrating
0: no no exactly and i agree with that it's because like it's just like i feel like it's in a great position because now that there's so many more eyes on it uh people are gonna look towards it but now that you know i'm more worried about like you know what like what happens if you know they do a deep dive as you say and like you know they do a documentary and they're like oh but like then they start you know people aren't gonna sit there and just be like let me watch the history of like the submission development through the years they're gonna be like oh uh Jitsu was a great sport and the whole screen goes negative and it's like until it wasn't and then they show like yeah. all like the whole like sexual abuse cases and all the accusations and then you know because people are people are going to be watching things that are you know horrifying they want to watch something that will shake them and i feel like the news does a great job but at the same time a terrible job for the topic they're covering because of like how they present the information in that way so I mean, yeah. that's, that's just kind of how it is. It's just they do it in a way where it grips the viewer. And next thing you know, there's thousands of people that are like, oh, jujitsu is uh, a place where people are either violent or they're sexual abusers, which isn't the case for everyone.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, not to, you know, be confused with the idea of like, you know, those people should be called out for sure. But that should also be, you know, a, a separate thing for the call out. You know, like, yes, they did this as a sport, as an art, as, you know, whatever. But also, let's not forget, you know, in, instead of saying, you know, jiu-jitsu black belt or jiu-jitsu practitioner, you know, so-and-so did this, it's like, wait a minute. L- like, they also are just outright a monstrous, not like that, that jiu-jitsu title isn't, you know, their identity in this situation them you know perpetrating a crime is their fucking identity They you know they did a bad thing because again you can look at this community and there's so many great people in this community that again help so many you know you're going to lump those people into that pocket now you know it's like the media you know is there for a reason and yes you want to have those stories out there and you know people should be exposed but i feel like again if you're gonna do any kind of a documentary on jujitsu, jitsu it's like don't just turn into like a jiu-jitsu bashing thing it's like and, and that's not to say in the documentary that shouldn't be covered that shouldn't be you know brought up but i mean yeah that you're not going to make it the full oh exactly of the door
0: or if it is the focus of documentary like really target the people that have done that you know those acts that way it's that way it's like kind of focused and centralized around a group of people that actually did it, not the whole community, you know, as you know. So just giving that separation is
1: important. So absolutely. Um, yeah, the, it, it's. Is, you know, very disheartening, especially, you know, for myself having a daughter who she doesn't train right now. She you know, my wife wants to put her in dance first. Um, which I'm not against that either. Uh, my daughter loves to sing and dance. So it's like, sure, you know, what, you know, whatever, you know, she's drawn to, but you know, having a daughter who may want to do this later, I'm not of the mindset as you know, a practitioner, I'm not of the mindset of like my daughter will do jujitsu, you know, because I do it and you know, it's a good self-defense, you know, thing. no, if she doesn't want to do it, you know. I'm not going to force her into it. Um, I, I think, you know, she's interested for sure. Cause she sees me do it. So I don't think that ever be a problem, but, um, you know, she ends up doing it cool, but I also want to make sure, you know, as she's, you know, participating in the sport, anywhere along the line, whether it be, you know, she grows up, she says, Hey, I want to be a competitor and, you know, she's traveling with, you know, a coach or the team or whatever you know it's just you know the peace of mind of knowing that you know she's in a safe community and, and and that comes with doing you know your your uh you know your research on your coaches and knowing where your kid is training or where you're training too so um i don't know i you know there's lots of promise in this community Obviously, you know, with you know ADCC twenty twenty two taking place, that that was just such a huge, huge event, and just it it was a big shining moment for jujitsu. But again, underneath that, eventually someone's going to be like, okay, you know, jujitsu's grown. Let's like put this mainstream, but let's pump the brakes, and let's address this. And like I said, I think things do need to be addressed. I think it shouldn't go, um, unheard. But I also think too, when they tell this story, when, you know, it's done under the guise of, you know, again, these bad people who happen to do jujitsu, not these jujitsu practitioners are bad people. I just can't stress that enough.
0: Absolutely. And, um, that's going to be a very fine line that they'll be having to make, but um, I know that eventually it will come out. Hopefully it is made and it's brought to the surface because, you know, people like that, you know, who are still glorified in the community that have done stuff like that. uh, It's just, it blows, it boggles my mind, you know, and for someone that, you know, sees these young kids do jujitsu, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, I just want, you know, like, you know, being a kid myself at one point, you know, like, you know i know how it feels not to have that kind of security so you know as a kid you know they're like the purest form of life you know as here as people so you know you want them to have a pas- a positive you know perspective of what they're doing and you don't want them to be in any fo- shape or form of harm to like you know fall onto them so like that's kind of like why you know like that's why it frustrates me that it's like just it was just swept under the rug you know whispers as you said and then
1: just disappears yeah i mean it comes up every so often and that's just the thing it comes up and then it you know it fades away and and even i don't know if it's you know the whole algorithm when it comes to social media because there, there's some posts i'll put up and i see it gets no traction then there are other weird posts i'll put up that you would think gets should get nothing reaches like fucking three million people and i like okay Like, well, you know, why did the SpongeBob meme reach 3 million people, you know, but I put up like a serious like matter and it It reached like 2000.
0: That's why it's kind of weird. Like even like even the some of the memes I make that are like super stupid and I'm like, ah, it's just a throwaway meme. I'll just put it up. It just does the best. And the memes that I think are like going to be the funniest don't do well at all. So. It's just kinda like, all right, well, I mean, it works, it works. So
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I put up something recently. I I and it was it was one that I made. I was proud of it. I was like, dude, I think that's pretty fucking funny. Nope. The algorithm did not think so. And they're like, fuck this guy. Like stick to reposting other people's shit, dummy. I'm like, well, fine. Let me go find a Danny Patrick meme again, fuckers. (laughs) Just Um, just crickets, you know, like that's yeah. That's how it
0: was, man. Like that's how it was. Like when I when I started in the beginning, it's just kind of like that's why I'm like, you know, I appreciate the following I have is just because I'm like, okay, well, these people appreciate my memes. So you know, like that's my goal is to just, you know. If I, if I get, like, one or two people to message me back saying this is this is funny as hell, then, you know, I'm, I'm glad I brightened up someone's day. And it kind of, like, blows my mind that, you know, like, some high-level competitors, some UFC fighters actually follow me. It's the fact I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, like, I'm actually doing something pretty cool. And, you know, when I, when I start competing again, you know, it's going to be at that point where I'm like, man, like, I think I'm better known for, I'm afraid that it's going to be like I'm better known for my meme page opposed to my accomplishments. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's kind of how it's going to go down. So, but.
1: you know, that that's the funny thing with that, though, too. It's like they'll see like, oh, oh, you're the one that does the memes. Oh, those things are fucking great. Oh, and you're a really good grappler. That's double whammy. That's even fucking better. It's like, oh, we need to start recognizing this dude's grappling skills. But we still want to see the memes. Yeah, exactly. It,
0: like, I feel like the memes are going to be more, they're going to overshadow it. But I'm like, you know, what? It, it's, it's all said and done. It's too late at this point. So, you know, like, you know, I met a few people, which is small world. You know, I met people that follow me and they're like, when they meet me, like I've met a few people that are like, as soon as I tell them who I am and I'm like, oh, I'm here too. They just see my story. Like they find me and they just start hugging me. And I'm like, it just, it kind of shakes me. I'm like, wow. Like they're like, I, I love your memes. And I'm like, like wow, like it hit me really hard, and I was like, man, like, well, who am I? Like, you know, who am I? You know, so,
1: dude, I'll tell you, you know, you put up memes that it it, it reaches people. It it, it strikes it, it strikes something with people. So I mean, it, it's funny because for us, we say, well, who the hell am I? You know, t- you know, to have this effect, but it matters, dude. And like I, you know, I have a, I have a few of your memes in my queue you know, for, uh, repost. Um, cause that's how I do it. I, I just queue stuff up and I try to, re- I repost it much later because I don't want to pull from your poll. Like if you post something today, I don't want to post it like within the week because I want you to get all that you can get from it. I don't know. I don't know if that's, you know, how it works because I used to play a uh, Diablo, uh, Diablo oh, two, hell yeah, um, on the <laughs> PC. And if, you know, if I'm rushing somebody for experience. If I'm like a, a 94, you know, light sork, you know, uh, you know, motherfuckers just checked out. Just not like, okay, we're out. <laughs> <They're> like, What's <"Man laughs> this guy saying? But like, if I'm in like level 94 n- light sork and I'm rushing you through, you know, norm, uh, normal, you're not going to get as much experience because I'm sucking up a lot of it. So I got to like rush you through it, like a, a level 40 light sork, you know, th- th- through norm and then through nightmare, You know i gotta you know probably rush you through with a 70 you know so that way you can get your max experience but it's like you know the bigger the the you know i guess experience or the bigger the following it's like i that still carries over i feel like if i post after you post i'm going to be taken away from your your uh exposure so that's why i always put things in the queue and save it for like much later so that way you'll get you know you'll get your flowers And then if I repost it later, you might get some more flowers
0: no exactly and like i'm never like i'm not really stingy with like people like reposting i'm just kind of like you know my my whole idea of it wasn't to like do anything with this page other than like make people laugh so you know i'm just glad that people are sharing the memes i make and appreciate them and laugh at them you know as stupid as some of them are i'm just kind of like yeah like i thought that was the whole goal you know just to make some people laugh you know nothing really serious out of it so and i never really take myself too seriously i make I think out of majority of the gyms I've been to that I've trained at uh, like a lot of them, I was just kind of like the class clown, the jokester, you know, I always to crack jokes and, you know, eventually that I made the meme page, you know, I'm able to share, you know, I'm glad that the coach I had at the time really nudged me into this direction because, you know, I'm able to, you know, make people laugh, which, you know, I really wanted to do from the beginning. So it went from like. 10 followers to like where it is now i think it's like 5,000 something and i'm like okay well it's still growing and uh, you know hopefully you know if i reach a wider audience you know i can make more people laugh so it's just trying to like because I, I have like a very twisted dark sense of humor so i definitely had to like wean it back a lot because um you know like i try to make myself a more positive person from all this comedy that i do with this meme page and um I know in the beginning, my my sense of humor was super dark and uh, a lot of people are like, who is this guy? And then like I had a problem with getting reported so many times. And uh, I know last year, I think I had like a three, four month ban and uh, they pretty much they pretty much uh, took me off and people are like, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh, I got banned again. And um, now it's I think the worst I've ever got was like a shadow ban, which is like no one can really find me unless you like type in the full name. But um, now it's like, I think it's, I think I reached like a sweet spot where people don't get offended, but like, it's like still a little bit of like violence and like, you know, some dark humor thrown in there. I just have to like really search for like the right ones. And I get a lot of people ask me, they're like, I think some comments when I was doing the ADCC memes, like I was like uploading them right after the match ended <laughs> and people and people were like, why are you like, how are you so fast with this? And then like one guy right after that comment was like, he's BJJ meme God, dude. Like, and I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go with that. You know, and people keep saying I'm really quick. It's just like, I just kind of tell them the same thing. It's like, I don't do much else in my life, you know, Um, other than training and going to work. Like I just do this, (laughs) you know, like my job isn't that demanding. So I just do this. And uh, I just kind of like, Enjoy the process and of everything, but like it doesn't take me too long to make them. But uh, kind of shows where my uh four years of uh video editing in, from college is going to. But you know, got to good to got uh got to put uh put it to good use. So <laughs> it serves some
1: purpose. Look, man, I from myself personally speaking, I enjoy your content. Like I said, I got I got a few of them in the queue, um, and and you know for those who, you know you know, at one point it was, you know, a little rough around the edges, a little dark, but you know, it's like, the thing is, it's not for them. If, if they can't handle it, it's not necessarily for them, but you have your tribe, the people who are following, the people who are liking, the people who are reposting, you know, it's like you've reached an audience. And, and I think that's one of the important things is like, you know, not everything is for everyone. So. I mean, I did have to like,
0: I think i was get, i think i got frustrated after i got my second ban i was like i made a post like several times throughout the, that week and i was like if you don't like my post please unfollow because mm-hmm. but like i feel like you get that problem also when people see it and they're not following you anyway they'll
1: report it too so you just can't win so i um i don't i, I put up some posts i don't even know what the post was originally um but it, it had it was a marvel comic post and some guy commented and whatever his comment was made no sense i don't normally respond to comments i tend to just let them go and it's like because you have to follow me in order to comment on my post that's part of how i get my followers because like if i post something and someone has something shitty to say they've got to follow me to make that comment oh, and most people forget to genius. unfollow that's genius so um, when people, would, you know, come on and complain, I usually just let it go because it's like, all right, cool, thanks for the follow, dickhead. But <laughs> this um, one specific person, I, I I don't know why I felt compelled to to go at him. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know at the end of it, I called him a stupid cunt. Oh, jeez. And fifteen minutes later, I get a little message from Instagram. Your the post stayed up, but the comment got deleted. Oh, they just tell you um, why? Yeah, yeah. And and I, I got a warning. Now, right after that, though, suddenly, because I, I hit a, I hit a um stride, like I at one point I was like I was at seventy three thousand, and then I just jumped up to ninety thousand within like a month. I was like okay, and then after that, it started to slow down. And, and I think that's what happened. You know, I call somebody a cunt and they're like, okay, let's, let's, uh, uh, put a little bit of a dampener on this guy. Cause he obviously doesn't know how to behave. And it's like, you know, honestly, I don't really interact with most people on social media, uh, like, as, as far as the comments go. Um, when, when I do interact with people, it's more so as it revolves around this, this podcast, if it's, you know, asking somebody to be a guest responding to you know anyone to set up dates to record but otherwise also i have 14 instagram accounts so oh jeez really have time to be like talking to everybody dude it's like so like if i'm chatting with somebody in any capacity it's like look man This is like time being spent because I got 14 other accounts to fuck with right now. Now, to be fair, only four of them are like fully active. The other like fucking 10 or 11, however many others that I have aren't really active. They're the I meant to do something with them, but now they're just sitting there like there's a couple of them that are backup accounts in case BJJ Wiki goes. But if BJJ Wiki gets deleted, I'm probably out. (laughs) It's like I'm done.
0: Yeah, I, if you're invested, because you're invested so much already in like your follower account, most people don't realize like once you lose your follower account, like it's so hard to get all that back.
1: Yeah, they off the mats, Instagram just hit 17 or 19,000 uh, this last week. So that that picked up some kind of weird stride also. Like, I don't know what's going on with the algorithm on that account. And then my horror podcast just picked up a thousand so it's like things are moving in a weird way but it's like if it falls down because i had a previous account and um kind of mirroring bjj wiki it was called bjj move of the day it got hacked and it's still out there i actually came across it uh a couple months back somebody deleted all my content wow and it kept all the followers but it's not following anyone and it's just posting like pakistani hip-hop um it, it was really fucking bizarre I, yeah i don't know wait, like, wait, but wait did it keep like the same handle and everything so they changed the name i can't remember it's like a bunch of numbers it's not even like a na- it's just a bunch of numbers and letters probably means something to them means absolutely nothing to me but um they took that when i was at like and bjj wiki i think was at this point ten thousand and that account was at eight thousand Oh, that's 100%. so yeah when they wiped that one out i got really paranoid and um i i you know set up all these precautions on bjj wiki um but i didn't you know i didn't let that uh kind of deter me you know i just set it back up and just started from scratch but It is kind of a hard thing because it's like, fuck, you know, I had a following. I had a base. There was a system to that page because it was just that. It was move of the day. So there was one post per day done on that account. That was it. Whereas BJJ Wiki, I do nine posts per day. So, um, and and there's a system to it all. But, you know, it's like if something happens to BJJ Wiki, it's just like, I'm probably not going to revive it. I'm just going to move on to the next one, which is off the mats and then we'll just keep that rolling which i think they're interconnected so if i lose one i lose both probably i don't know but then i also have you know my horror page i have my my beer review page i have um you know bjj.nerd i have bjj eats i have you know all these other you know jiu awkward bjj you know and there are all these other instagram pages that i have that oh I aw- awkward bjj is you yes Oh, that's
0: wild.
1: <laughs> so it's actually, it's, it's actually one of my, um, teammates. She, cause she and I, like, we don't really like, we're not like buddy, buddy or anything, but she had, um, she had brought up the ideal and, and, uh, you know, in the chat, she and I were going back and forth on very briefly. And I was like, well, look, uh, let's go ahead and set this up. You, you know, you, you set it up and I'll do the footwork and, you know, we set it up. We're going, and the ideal was, you know, get those awkward BJJ stories. But it, it was, it's a lot harder than it seems to get people to open up. It'd probably be easier now with the podcast. But, um, yeah, it's like it's still there. I don't really do anything with it, and I know she she doesn't mess with it, so it's like. But I have it, where it's like, okay, the footwork, you know, the groundwork is here. So if I want to, I can, you know, bring this back to life. Um. So that's one of them I can't remember all the other fucking pages but it's like there's just a bunch of pages and they're just kind of dormant right now so
0: and it's got to start somewhere I mean it's just like that's for I mean I'm struggling with one account right now with BJJ meme God and uh I just um I just launched a clothing line this past year and managing that managing that is a nightmare uh one of my friends actually had a following, a uh, pretty sizable following, and he was like, "You know what? I want to do a clothing line." And uh, I was talking to him about that, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I already have a following. So if we can get your clothes on my page, I'll just delete all my photography. You know, you know, let's just be partners and you know start selling your clothing designs." I was like, "All right." So it's like a weird combination of like jujitsu streetwear, also, but like I'm trying to work on getting geese and rash guards kind of set up. So it's kind of like my like little little baby right now that I'm like my project baby that I'm kind of like nurturing. So it's like, hopefully gain some traction. So I'm kind of working on that. I know that, uh, I was talking to Tracy about, um, you know, doing that and I wanted her to be like one of the first athletes I would sponsor for that clothing line. So that way, you know, she would do that. But, you know, with her being out for the whole com- uh, com- competition year and, you know, her Instagram being deactivated, it's kind of hard to like contact her <laughs> these days.
1: Yeah. Understandable. Um, Well, I mean, like you said, you know, you got to start somewhere and, and, you know, just kind of getting the ball rolling on that. That's a huge thing. So, um, you know, whatever I can do to help, let me know, like, you know, show notes. I'll, you know, definitely put links in the show notes. I'm actually on your page right now. And I'm just looking at links. I'm going to end up probably just putting your link tree in the show notes. Um, but also mentioning, you know, what's in there. So people know, um, but yeah, whatever you need from me, let me know
0: the The first linked under my profile, uh, I actually my clothing line, uh, No Kings Only Gods. Uh, I launched mm-hmm. that this past year with one of my friends, so um, we have like, like, a wide selection of like different things. You know, women's clothing, you know, men's clothing, and uh, you know, right now we have a good chunk of like hats, accessories, along with like short teach, short sleeves, long sleeves, basic. You know, like. Um, I can't what am I blanking on tank tops? That's the word along with a bunch of hoodies. I know that since it's getting like colder out, um, I know that people yeah. would want hoodies, but um, definitely um, I'm, I'm definitely trying to promote it. It's just like weird with the whole like Instagram algorithm. So I'm trying to definitely figure out that a little better, but in terms of designs, like I'm, I, I gotta tell you, man, like I was staying up like weekends at a time, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was getting maybe two, three hours designing the website. uh, just, communicating with the team of artists I'm working with just to make sure like the design is like, you know, pretty much like I don't want to wear something if I don't believe in it. So mm-hmm. my, my whole thought process was I don't want to put anything out that I wouldn't personally wear. And um, I don't want to, cause some of the designs that I have that I have seen, you know, with certain jiu-jitsu clothing companies, I'm like, were you drawing in the dark? You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I look at this design and I'm like, I just don't like, and I got kind of frustrated because I was like, I don't really like this. I don't really like how they do it, but like, um, what inspired me to do it was like, someone was like, oh dude, you make some, you have some good ideas, some, some clothes and, you know, and, uh, the more I got to do it, I was like, I can do this, you know? And, the uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Maggie, she's a, she just got her black belt, uh, last year, super, super great girl, um, high level grappler, like from what I've seen. And she's amazing. She's amazing as a person, uh, her brand, uh, that I love wearing the best rash guard and uh, grappling shorts, you'll ever buy uh, her, her brand is uh, BJJ Couture, and uh, she actually gave me a discount code. So I'm, I'm more like, I'm really happy that, you know, I was able to work with her on that. But like, she's just, her brand is just, you know, head and shoulders above a lot of things like, you know, compared to like other brands that, you know, I've tried like the high, high priced ones that I've tried them all, you know, hers doesn't fall apart. Hers lasts a long time. It's comfortable. So and like, I don't know. just wanted to give a quick plug for her because, like, you know, I've been I've been buying her stuff from, like, when she started off. And, you know, I, I love promoting her page because it's just such quality stuff. And, you know, if it's something that I want to wear, you know, I want to make sure everyone else knows that, hey, this stuff is great. You know, you should definitely give it a try. If not, buy, like, maybe a, you know, a fight kit, you know, rash guard, some shorts. So it's also, like, not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, it's not going to be this hundred dollar show your world rash guard you know it's it's with like a weird design on it you know it's going to be appealing to the eye and it's going to be you know fairly priced so i definitely feel like that's where my clothing line is kind of aimed at as well you know it's going to be fairly priced every design's going to look a, a lot different for the artwork and it's going to be super comfortable um i just finished um my uh my sample run with a few people and everyone i gave uh, the samples to they were like i love it we washed the sweat the hoodies the t-shirts the the print stayed on didn't wrinkle didn't crack and you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that i took that extra step to really be very picky about what template i use for my products and you know which artists i go to which artists do i want to keep working with and uh what's you know what i want to continue in what direction so right now i'm kind of working on like a manufacturer for the rash guards and the geese just to make sure that it's not cheap it's uh it's it's the performance is good it's not too heavy things like that so there's a lot of things that i'm working on but um it's good that you know i don't i don't think i've done a good job i'm guilty of not doing a good job with uh promoting it on my page but i I don't want to be that guy that posts it like every day like hey buy my stuff you know but like every now and then i'll drop a plug but um i plan on doing like a giveaway uh in the near future probably maybe uh sometime this month just to make sure like be like i just want to get my brand's name out there just to make just to kind of figure out like, Hey, is this going to be just to give, you know, people like an idea, like, Hey, is this a good brand? And some guys like, Oh, this is super comfortable. It's super soft. So that way, you know, at least you got to start somewhere is what I was thinking with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's, I, I hear you on the, you know, not want to promote, you know, be that guy that's promoting your own thing constantly. You know, the funny thing is someone just gave me shit about that. It's like, I, I do, you know, a couple, shirts through a teespring you know just kind of you know like uh here's you know here's a link go there get, get a shirt get a, a a mug or some some bullshit i don't know give me five dollars um and they're saying they're telling me it was like dude you got to promote your shit more and i was like you know it, i think there's just something about that you know but i hear what they're saying but it's like eh, you know i don't want to bombard people with my shit you know, no, exactly. I, and
0: I, Yeah. And I know at one point someone I, I kept promoting like my friends businesses and like, you know, people that I really I really like their products, but I kept doing it to the point where I was doing it with like memes and everything. So someone like commented, like all the time, they're like, Oh, BJJ ad
1: God, and I'm like, Oh, my God, like, so I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I don't know, it's just the funny thing is, I won't promote my own thing. But I'll promote the fuck out of everybody else's shit. Like, it's like I stand behind everybody else's product because it's like, look, well, especially if you're doing your own thing and, and you're, you're, you know, putting in the work. Like um, I had uh Mike Shikan, uh, I think I'm saying his last name, correct, but uh, Asgard 503. um, I had him on here and, you know, we talked about, you know, the geese that he's making and all the work he puts into it. And it's like, you know, shit like that you want to promote when somebody's, you know actually putting in work like you're putting in the designs you're working with a team you know it's like yeah you want to promote those things or at least i that's that's me i'm like dude i want to promote the fuck out of that because like your hard work deserves recognition you know um you know i was just looking at uh bjj couture which ironically enough you know because I, I follow so so many different things i pull it up i was like oh i'm already following okay cool just started scrolling through more and i was like oh okay You know you see stuff like that it's like yeah you know definitely want to you know share and promote you know your products you know if if you're not going to do it i got you um you know like i said whatever you know whatever you're cooking up whatever you're working on you say hey man you know throw this in your stories throw a link on it i got you throw it on the on the main feed you know i'll put it up there i'm a team player so this has been fucking great um before we get out of here patrick you got any shout outs or mentions that you want to uh, throw out there for us? Uh,
0: for first and foremost, uh, <clears throat> to uh, one of my friends, uh, Tracy, again, hopefully uh, her recovery goes well for her, for her knee surgery and whatnot. Um, hopefully everything, I know there's some complications there. I really hope she does well, gets recovers and then gets on the mat and starts winning, just to start winning gold medals again, like she did this past year. So I just wanted to do that. And then uh, that's, um, and then I, um, as I mentioned before, I have a clothing line that I just started, uh, No Kings, Only Gods. So I'm uh, actually in the process of uh, releasing one of the kits to uh, the first sponsored athlete that I have planned up. So he's uh, coming, up, coming up with like the, you know, the Pan Am's comp- competitions as well. So he's going to be on that scene. So I'm really excited to be sponsoring him. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's been great. Uh really
1: appreciate you having me on the podcast. No, no, dude. Thank you for. Uh, Giving your time to do this and and just I, I'm always appreciative of anyone that wants to share their time with me. So yeah, I can't thank you enough. Um, yeah, I'll definitely you know make sure you put in the show notes um, your links and everything. Um, you know, like I said, I, I I love sharing and promoting other people's uh, things. So I definitely want to you know whatever way I can help. Let me know. I want to get eyes over there you know for you as well. For everyone else out there as always thank you so much for all the support um thank you for everyone who listens you know this is a lot of fun and i wouldn't do this if i you know didn't have some kind of traction now, actually honestly i'm lying if i had one listener i probably still do it you know but um but it does help you know when i see uh, the downloads coming in Especially with, with a lot of guests You know, that I think that's really cool So thank you everyone who's been supportive Thank you everyone who's been tuning in for all these great guests That have been coming on lately uh, Super duper appreciated uh, I want to give a big shout out As always To Nerd Rage Radio This is going to come out much later But I'm actually going to be on their podcast Tomorrow, but by the time you hear it I would have been on their podcast a week ago So, um, you know Go check them out. Uh, Bobby, Chris, Joe, great guys. that That's actually how I got into podcasts and it's through Nerd Rage Radio. I just recently had Bobby and his family over on my horror podcast. We talked about The Exorcist. So go check that out too. And also the last shout out goes to that other podcast that I do called So You Like Horror. It's about scary movies. With October and everything being here, we like to talk about a lot of that scary shit. And going into 2023, we're going to try to do something really cool with it. We're going to talk about scary movies through the decades. So uh, stay tuned for that and uh, go check it out. Um, otherwise, as always, thank you, everybody. love you to death. This has been a lot of fun. You guys keep listening. And I'm going to keep making these shows. So thank you, as always, everybody. And bye. Stay positive. Now let me sing song.